0: Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, quick aside before we begin. We record our shows pretty well in advance. So often over the course of the actual episode, we don't get the chance to discuss, you know, current events, which, you know, like extremely current events, which is fine because most of our coverage involves shit from 2013? However, on the occasion that big, important things are happening in the real world, we don't like to just let that go uncommented on. And as it happens, as this episode is released, our country, the country that Bob and I both live in, is kind of on fire.
1: Necessarily so, but yes. Yes.
0: So we just wanted to take a minute to address that before we start the show. Bob and I are both white people. And we want to acknowledge our own privilege and acknowledge that we are aware of that privilege We want to state very strongly that Black Lives Matter unequivocally. We stand in solidarity with everybody who listens to the show, everybody who has been a part of the show, um, who is a person of color and who has uh, been affected personally by racism and police brutality. And we also want to make sure that we're discussing this specifically, not only because this is happening in the world right now, but because the episode that you're about to hear involves some discussion of racism that happened back in 2013. Yes. um, Specifically the Ratchet chant directed at Sasha Banks. And we will discuss that over the course of the episode, but we didn't want anyone to go into this um, and hear that and ask why we weren't talking about Black Lives Matter and the, uh, the the protests happening across the country right now. And the police abuse is happening across the country right now.
1: I also wanted to take a second to specifically address our fellow white people and say, mm. fellow white people, guys, guys, we got to do not just a little bit better, but, you know, a whole lot better. And I wanted to say that there are some things to, I would like us to keep in mind One is I know right now we're all in the throes of this and everybody is posting constantly. And as somebody on Twitter said, everybody is, quote, studying for the anti-racist test, end quote. And that's (laughs) awesome. But I want you to think about I want all of us to think about not what we're doing necessarily tomorrow, but what we're going to be doing in a month, because this is a long, long, long fight, like 400 years I don't think it's going to be over by, like, Christmas. I just don't think that's going to happen. So be thinking about what you can do to commit long term to fighting white supremacy. And then also, I just want you to think about what black creators you can be supportive of, what black podcasts you can go be listening to, what black directors work you can go be watching diversify what you consume, because that is also part of your work. Part of all of our work is to open ourselves up and celebrate the things that people of color make and not just go, well, it's the thing on TV and it's, you know, on the major network. So that's what I'm watching. Like the world is big. Go, go consume things made by people who don't look like you.
0: I want to shout out the New Day podcast, not only because it's the work of um, three black wrestlers that Bob and I really enjoy they're so uh,
1: wonderful
0: but also because the podcast just really fucking good guys and you should go check it out um but yeah go seek out black creators go seek out uh more diversity in your entertainment and you know give money if you can do do what you can and what we think we can do um as the next wrestling fan podcast you know we have a patreon in May, we decided to to give our Patreon money to uh, a food bank in Bob's neck of the woods to help fight the repercussions of COVID-19. Uh, and we very much wanted to do the same thing with upcoming months, Patreon money, helping fund black organizations or whatever we can do with the money in that regard. Bob is yes. going to do that with her share of the Patreon money. I, unfortunately, am not in a position where I can right now financially. So understand.
1: uh,
0: (laughs) So as much as I would like to, I'm going to need whatever I can get over the course of the summer. But Bob will be contributing her money um, to good causes. And we also think that we can do our part by elevating the voices of um, people of color and at the very least, like not white dudes. We have some guests coming up on the show over the next six. Six episodes or so. Yes. Um, and none of our upcoming guests are cis white men. We were trying to give them a platform. We're trying to give a platform to people who do not usually have one, especially in the wrestling space. In addition to that, you know, we're just going to keep talking about race when it comes up, guys. Like it's it's going to be a thing that we have to talk about. We talk about pro wrestling race is a big part of that. And like, yes, it's it mostly, it's mostly fucked up. And our job is going to be to discontinuously call it out and talk about it and discuss it. And so that's what we're going to do. that's what we're going to do on this very episode that you're about to hear with, uh, with Sasha Banks and the ratchet chance.
1: And if we ever fuck up while talking about race, mm. fucking shout at us, we yeah, will do better.
0: Do. And with that, we will officially get into this episode of the next wrestling fan.
1: I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand
0: the mysteries of wrestling. And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help, with the aid of my favorite wrestling show. This is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start, and current
1: wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time.
0: This week, we finally get our hands on the episode of NXT that originally aired on October 23rd, 2013. In this episode, everybody's mad. Yep. <laughs> like, I know it's wrestling, but but more so than usual. Everybody's real, real mad. You know, except Botelis. Yeah. Welcome to episode 23 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Last episode, Sami Zayn won the championship but actually didn't, and Corey Graves allowed himself to be corrupted by the power of the One Ring. Ah, Damn you, Sauron! This episode is very much about the fallout from both those things, and more, as pretty much everybody on the show right now is in some kind of feud with somebody else, which is probably why so many people are so mad. Hopefully Bob's not one of them. We'll find out in Bob's breakdown before exploring some hopefully happier feelings in the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling.
1: Yeah. And
0: possibly some sadder ones when we ring the bell. Oh, what? Finally, Bob, the wrestling term of the week has your back once again in this confusing world of pro graps, <laughs> while the Cheap Pop Quiz seeks to exploit your confusion for its own mysterious ends. <gasps> oh, But we don't have time to talk about what those ends might be right now because we have to go over the answers to last episode's Cheap Pop Quiz. I have now shut Bob out for two straight episodes, which has never happened before, meaning she still only has four points in this, our third round of quizzing. Let's see if she managed to score here. I am going to force you to
1: watch an anime if I get it this time, just as punishment. God damn it. Fine. (laughs) It's romantic. You'll love it.
0: <laughs> A romantic anime. My favorite guy. <laughs> Question number one from last episode. Next episode, we get yet another changeup in the NXT announce team. Which member of the main roster who we've met before joins Tom Phillips and Alex Riley this time? Was it A, Bray Wyatt, B, Big E Langston, C, Rob Van Dam? D. Brodus Clay, the member of Tons of Funk, who is also a talking head on Fox News, or E. Tensai, the member of Tons of Funk, who is not a talking head on Fox News. Bob selected B. Big E. Langston, and unfortunately that was incorrect. As you know, Bob, the correct answer was E, Tensai, the one who's not a talking head on Fox News.
1: My answer was so logical, though.
0: It was. It was a really, really good answer. And, like, it's really just NXT throwing you curveballs. It's so funny how in these episodes, like, because a lot of these still I've never seen. And some of them I'm just like, wow, okay, that was... I guess that'll be a pop quiz question, (laughs) because where did that come from? (laughs) Alright, I'm glad to know that it throws you for a loop as well. Question number two. Next episode also marks the debut of a brand new NXT character with strong real-life ties to a current member of the NXT roster. Is it A. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn's real-life best friend and long-standing wrestling frenemy? B. Lana, the ravishing Russian who would go on to become Rusev's wife both on TV and in reality. C. Carmella, who debuts by hanging out with Enzo and Cass and who, in 2020, is still inexplicably dating Corey Graves. D. Paige's real-life brother, Zach Zodiac. Or E. Sasha Banks' real-life cousin, Snoop Dogg. Bob, uh, you selected the answer A, Kevin Owens, another very logical selection. Unfortunately, the answer this time was B, it is Lana. We will talk about that.
1: I will I I'll save it for later. I do have a thing to say about Lana.
0: Question number three. As Bo Dallas continues to be a thing from beyond in human form, he cuts another backstage promo on the next episode, announcing that he's taking a well-deserved vacation. Which of the following does he not say as part of his promo? A. He says he will still be wrestling despite being on vacation from his job, which is wrestling. B. He refers to his vacation as the Bo Dallas vs. the World Tour. C. He promises to get Sami Zayn a souvenir from every country he goes to because he knows Sami hasn't had the chance to travel that much. D. He says Konnichiwa is Japanese for goodbye. Or E, he claims he's going to make a special stop in Bolivia to deliver 10,000 squirt guns to starving children. Um, He definitely said that one. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Bob, you guessed uh, B. He refers to his vacation as the Bo Dallas vs. the World Tour. But only after carefully considering C... And then discarding it because he definitely said that, in your own words. Him promising to get Sami Zayn a souvenir yeah. from every country he goes to because he knows Sammy hasn't had the chance to travel that much. Uh, that actually was the correct answer. He does not say it, and I was proud of coming up with it.
1: You could write some Bo Dallas fanfic. You've got it in you.
0: All right, Bob. So, skunked once again for the third episode in a row. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, but now that I know that I have to watch a romantic anime, I am significantly less sorry. And... <laughs> I will continue trying to stump you on these. <laughs> now it's a war of the wills. All right, Bob, with that, why don't you take us into this episode's edition of Bob's Breakdown?
1: Corey Graves is standing up at the top of the ramp in a shirt so unbuttoned, I thought he was the cover model for Problematic Dude Romance Novel. <laughs> And then in what is frankly a gift from the heavens, Neville flies into shot and starts beating the fuck out of Graves. It takes two refs to pull him off at first. And then we get four more refs as four of them are holding Neville back and two are helping Graves to his feet. So fuck yeah, Adrian Neville and Miles as a writer. What do you think is the collective noun for a group of referees?
0: I think off the top of my head, I would have to go with a stripe.
1: Ooh, I like that. I was going to say a rule, a law.
0: If we're specifically referring to wrestling referees, I think it would be a concussion of referees.
1: <laughs> a mistake of referees.
0: <laughs> a lack of peripheral vision <laughs> of referees. At some point during this brawl, the crowd starts chanting, NXT! NXT. Yeah. NXT, which is a thing they usually reserve for like big dives over the top rope to the floor or some shit. And I was trying to figure out why they were chanting it. And I realized that what had happened is that Corey Graves and Bob, you wouldn't necessarily know this, but Corey Graves was coming out to deliver the traditional post heel turn speech explaining why you had turned heel on this specific person. And it's old and tired and everyone does it. Nobody cares. And so the crowd was just like, fuck, yeah, we didn't have to listen to that. We just got to watch a fight. Yeah. And the greatest part about it is that all the stuff that, you know, Corey Graves was going to say, we get to hear it later in the main event from the announcer. Who's like, Corey Graves came up to me and told me that. His old persona was a lie, and I'm like, yeah, because he wanted to say that in the ring. That's what he wanted to tell everybody, but he couldn't because Neville came down and beat the shit. <laughs> oh my know. god!
1: So then that brings up an interesting point about Sasha's heel turn. Did Sasha yes. not get on the mic because, like, that's not a Sasha strength?
0: Possibly. Yeah, I also think that Sasha is a much, much less established character at this point than Graves. True. So it's not really as important. Like Corey Graves is betraying his friend who like he won the tag titles with and we have all this history between them like usually in those situations the heel like delivers an explanation to the fans because Vince McMahon is presuming the fans care which they sometimes do and sometimes don't (laughs) I think in the case of Sasha it was a combination of her not really having much mic heels, her being so new and so her heel turn it's like why did she turn heel because she did it's her first major storyline right and also I think part of it is because we kind of know why Sasha turned heel like they've been doing the backstage vignettes about it, there was a lot of foreshadowing for it. Like I mean, Summer yeah, kind of constantly got to her. Yeah, I mean the evil mirror, notwithstanding, there was a lot of like Summer Rae stuff where she was tr- working on her. Right, yeah. so I don't think that really needed mm, an explanation.
1: All right, match one. Emma comes out. Her outfit absolutely looks like Lisa Frank made it. Hell <laughs> yeah! And then the boss comes out with Bay Summer Rae. The audience is chanting something.
0: Was it the Ratchet chant?
1: Yes! Oh my god!
0: I want to talk about that later. Okay. I want to have that whole conversation a little bit later if you All don't All right.
1: Mind. I am already incensed. That's fair. The match starts with slow motion shoving that inevitably ramps up to actual wrestles. Emma works over Sasha's arm, but Sasha doesn't like that. And so she gets out of it and starts roughing up Emma, throwing her into assorted turnbuckles and ruthlessly mocking her dance. Miles?
0: Yep. Turnbuckle. Turnbuckle. Again, every time she wrestles, Sasha Banks is using the turnbuckles or the ropes or like using her environment to hurt her opponent. And it's one of the things that really makes her unique in the ring for me. I love it so much. She is really great.
1: And you know what's not great is that we get a promo midway through by Mojo Raleigh about breast cancer and Susan G. Komen. So I'm just going to give that a cursory fuck off, SGK. (laughs) Back from that, Sasha is on the mat wrapped around Emma with the ferocity of a hungry koala on a particularly excellent eucalyptus tree. (laughs) Sasha is going for a chokehold, but Emma can struggle out of it, which is the cue for more shoving and mocking from the boss. But Emma pushes back and then Sasha just collapses to the mat and starts windmilling her arms, slapping at Emma like she's a very persistent moth. (laughs) It's getting to that season, so tis the time to true. be batting away a moth. Emma battles back, though. We get her human tarantula move, bending Sasha on the ropes. We get her crossbody. And then we're about to get her Emma lock when Summer Ray tries to interfere. But Paige comes in to stop it. Save your GF, my goth princess. Sasha takes advantage of the distraction and does a tight little curled up pin. I'm just going to say some words. <clears throat> An inside cradle. A crucifix. <laughs> A mouse trap. These are names of pins. I believe that may
0: actually have been an inside cradle, though I'm not positive. It was well, either an inside cradle or a small package. I don't okay. I'm not sure which one.
1: I have said the names of some
0: pins, so you have, yes. And it was definitely, well, possibly one of those.
1: Oh man, I'm a genius. <laughs>
0: I know a lot of wrestling moves, but I sometimes have a hard time with the specific differences between, like, kind of the roll-up pins, you know what I mean? they do have specific names, but I don't remember always which one it is.
1: Because you're looking at what is essentially a pretzel of limbs. Yes. At that point, how can you, you're like, I don't know which limb is holding which, which is a key differentiating factor In pins, so...
0: I don't know. Sometimes, like, like, okay, I always know when I see a crucifix, because, like, a crucifix always involves both your arms and your legs wrapped around the other person's arms. Like, your Mm. arms are around one of their arms, and your legs are around their other arm, and that's a crucifix.
1: You can identify different types of pretzel.
0: I can, occasionally, just not, like... Not as reliably as some.
1: Paige comes in to take out Sasha, who is being a mocking jerk to Emma and is about to do a lariat or something at Sasha. But Sasha ducks and Paige accidentally takes out Emma. I'm sure that'll be fine. It's just a misunderstanding.
0: Yeah, no, I don't see how that could possibly lead to anything. Fans,
1: that's not what happens. Emma's really pissed no. about it. Miles, does apologizing ever work in wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> You're racking your brains.
0: I want to say yes, but I can't give you a specific example right now. Oh, man. I
1: feel like a kid who just asked a question. The parents are like, I definitely know what the answer is, but I have no way to prove it to you. (laughs) Well, I'll just trust that. I think so, but. Because it must have at one point.
0: For whatever reason, Chris Jericho is coming to my mind. I'm not positive if he was involved or not, but maybe <laughs> it's just because I whenever I just think of pro wrestling without any more specific like point to focus on, I just go to Chris Jericho. So
1: backstage, Bo Dallas, everyone's favorite alien boy. So the interviewer refers to his win as controversial. Bo says, controversy schmontroversy which is a very normal thing to say also yes he will be delivering squirt guns to starving children in bolivia again super normal he can't even say don't stop bo leaving without laughing at his own cleverness (laughs) to paraphrase from tighten up the defense what a normal human man from earth (laughs) So, match two, like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park, a sacrificial jobber tag team has just been lowered directly into the <laughs> ring. To feed the Ascension their weekly wins so we remember that these vampire boys are the tag team champions. <laughs> You're all going to be very shocked to learn that in this match of vampire lociraptors versus actual human sacrifice jobbers that the Ascension does win. Vampire Lociraptors! I know, that's terrifying. Kit has never been so excited. The crowd does chant, let's go these guys and honestly... I mean, yeah, they were doing their thing. Miles, does the crowd just not like the Ascension? Because up until now, they haven't seemed to care one way or the other.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was a little bit weird. Uh, I guess they're just, the Ascensioner heals, and the crowd's buying into that, you know? And and also, like, it's fun to root for when you know that it's a squash, like, because you've never, because <laughs> these two people are just <laughs> coming up, like you said, being lowered into the Tyrannosaurus pen. When you know what's going to happen, it can be fun to, like, vocally root for the people that you know are going to lose, but... I'm not sure it has anything to do with The Ascension specifically. I think it's just one of those things. Okay,
1: Backstage with Sami Zayn in a small suitcase, like a precious orphan running away to London. (laughs) He basically says that maybe JBL is pro Dallas and anti-Zayn and um, he's not happy about it. And then backstage also, JBL is a dick to Renee and Renee's tank top. And he stands way too close to her.
0: Yes, he does. I know. I was uncomfortable.
1: And his point is that he's an asshole and who cares what he has to say? So fuck off. (laughs) He does say that we will not be seeing Sami Zayn until he learns some respect. And so Mm -hmm. I just want to say, learn this dick, JBL, you useless shit crumb.
0: Well said.
1: So that's my feeling about that.
0: I do want to say I loved Zayn's promo so much. I love that he took the time to point out the fact that the problem here isn't that the match was restarted because Bo's foot was on the rope. That is a fair way to do it. The problem is that the match was not then restarted again. They did not follow that precedent later when Bo won accidentally using the exposed turnbuckle on Sammy. Yeah. After the referee inexplicably removed the pad. So I just really enjoy that that Zayn took a minute to make it clear that he understands what happened and the specific issue he has with it is something that makes sense and that, like, doesn't at all taint his heroic uh, persona. And I love the way he delivered it. I just thought it was really, really good work on on Sammy's part. I would watch
1: Sammy just act in, like, a straight play. Like, if he wanted to do fucking... I don't know. Samuel Beckett, Neil Simon, Neil Labute. These are people who've
0: written plays. Imagine having watched that guy for the past five years wrestle under a mask and never talk. And then he comes to NXT and you're like, holy shit, he can act too?
1: That's amazing. Nice things for Sami Zayn 2020.
0: Yeah, let's try to get through this weekend first, <laughs> and we'll see what happens with the rest of 2020. We're recording this on uh, on the dawn of WrestleMania weekend, so.
1: Posterity, I just want to make it very clear that this is the WrestleMania that's too big for just one night.
0: This is the WrestleMania that's too big for a crowd. Yeah. Or indeed, the previously announced card, because I don't know if you've heard this, but there's a global emergency happening right now.
1: (laughs) If people are listening to this in like, I don't know, 2027 or something, this is going to be very weird.
0: I mean, look, this is a historical document.
1: (laughs) This is like whenever Chris Newton was saying that now every podcast is going to have the Corona episode. And it's like, so true.
0: This is what doing a wrestling podcast is like in 2020. When you tape your wrestling podcasts in advance and don't actually talk about things that are happening in the here and now. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, we're still living in 2013, baby.
0: 2013 was a simpler time.
1: I mean, in some ways, there's a weird time as well, because we're about to get a very inscrutable match. It's Rusev versus Parker. Yes. Rusev versus Parker. (laughs) Fine. I'm just going to call this now and say Rusev is going to win. I don't know why this match is happening.
0: The crowd
1: is chanting for Tyler Breeze. So I don't know. This is just a weird postmodern event that's occurring.
0: CJ Parker has that dead heat. Yeah, Nobody does anything when he comes out.
1: Rusev smashes CJ Parker with his butt and then locks in that camel clutch while a blonde in a red dress swanks past. Plot Mm -hmm. point. Indeed. CJ Parker taps out. Blonde walks backstage. Fiend. But not Fiend.
0: Are you about to talk about the, uh, the major plot point that actually apparently happened during the commercial.
1: I am talking about the major plot point that happened during the commercial break for some goddamn reason. Because when we find <laughs> out that Breeze comes out and attacks Parker and then cuts off two of Parker's dreadlocks. So I guess the feud yes. has yet to be blown off, which I thought it would have been by now.
0: No, we got we got more. There's more C.J. Parker and Tyler Breeze coming up.
1: All right, match four the main event. It is Neville versus Graves. I am a million percent on Team Halfling. I don't think that's even a question. I mean,
0: apparently his his fey elf character was all was all a lie. So I don't blame you.
1: He's just a shitty human. Yeah. The match starts with a flurry of moves from Neville, including his beautiful flip over the top to bowl over Graves. But Graves starts working on Neville's left leg. God damn it. I can already see what the story of this match is and I hate it. (laughs) Neville is in the corner and Graves drags him to the middle of the mat by that same left leg. Neville is rolling around the mat, clutching it. Graves keeps on working that leg over with a figure four thing and just generally being the greasy emo trash bag we always knew he was deep down. Also, side note, if you didn't know this about Corey Graves, he has a belly button tattoo. I don't know how that's going to make you feel about him, but I just want you to know people. I think it's like a mandala or something. It's really odd.
0: Maybe someday we'll do hashtag belly button watch, but not today. (laughs) It is not this day.
1: It is not this day. Neville regains a little momentum, tries for a move from the top. But that leg that worked over left leg, he doesn't connect. Mm -hmm. And Graves locks in Lucky 13 and Neville taps. And then fucking Corey Graves. Just keeps torturing this poor hobbit because apparently this elf was a real piece of shit. And the ref pulls him off and Graves just looks at the fallen Neville like an evil Pete Wentz cosplayer. Also, you're banned from elf heaven now, you dick hat.
0: (laughs) All right, Bob. Well, thank you so much for that breakdown. What did you think of this episode?
1: You're right. It was a lot of really angry people, which is not yeah. its not really my bag is angry no. people. I was kind of okay with a lot of it. I felt really bad for Sami Zayn. I had blocked from my memory that JBL comes and is just an asshole near Renee for some reason. I think the thing that upset me the most was probably that Emma and Paige got pissed off with one another. That, I think, was the part that I went, what?! Mm. Can't you be sensible? Your faces don't do this.
0: Sounds like a lot of feelings, but we're working through them together, Bob. Yeah. Uh, some more quick feelings. Uh, probably not super intense, but we do have to ring the bell. Okay. For Casey Maron and Tommy Taylor, the jobber tag team beat up by the Ascension.
1: <laughs> you know, it's good to know that they have names because I did not know what they were.
0: These, uh, these two jobbers... Unlike so many other jobbers in NXT, will not be back. Uh, so think of them less as people. That's funny that fucking I, I forgot that I wrote this because uh, <laughs> you said the Jurassic Park thing. And I said, think of them less as people and more as mobile blood delivery systems for the Ascension. <laughs> uh, neither is terribly notable, despite both having reasonably lengthy independent careers. This is their only match as a tag team together, but they've wrestled each other a few times and they were both still wrestling as recently as earlier this year. So apparently what they lack in fame, they make up for in the ability to survive exsanguination. Yeah. So uh, good for you, Casey Marin and Tommy Taylor. Way to not get all the way leeched to death. Yeah. All right. It is now time, Bob, for the sights, sounds and feels of pro wrestling. So for this episode, what did your elf eyes see?
1: I think you know what my elf eyes saw.
0: I think I do, but I want to hear you say it. Hashtag buttwatch. Hashtag buttwatch. Buttwatch.
1: Adrian Neville wrestled so hard that the butt <laughs> of his wrestle briefs blew out. He was wearing something <laughs> under it, a black yes. lycra thing that seemed pretty heavy duty. But Adrian Neville has the hardest working ass in wrestling. As it turns out.
0: I mean, look, you take a look at it. I don't think there's any denying that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's pretty fucking ripped for a butt. (laughs) And like, not in a way that there's no butt because it's all pure muscle. He's got kind of like a little bit of a bubble butt.
0: He's got the butt going on. Yeah. But also you feel like the butt could actually like... Crush Walnuts.
1: You know, whenever you do a cartoon of a butt and it's like really bubbly, but also, I don't know, somewhat powerful. That's Adrian Neville's butt. He's every cartoon butt you've ever drawn. That's right. Seriously, people Google that. butt if you haven't seen it before, it's, <laughs> it's real good.
0: Miles, what did your elf see? Is CJ Parker's hair real? Mm. I know that most of it is, but like the colored ones, the ones that Breeze cut off specifically because like it didn't look real to me. <laughs> But it's, like, brightly colored dreadlocks, so it's not gonna look real under any circumstances, so I don't know.
1: I suspect... That because the two that he cut specifically were brightly colored, that they are not real and that they were coded yeah. specifically for that.
0: I thought so, too. They just look super fake to me. They looked like he was cutting into styrofoam.
1: Yeah, I think you're correct on that score. I think they're fake. And they looked a lot like the kind that you see um, cyber goths wear. It's yes, sort of like they did really thick yarn.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, Megan Bob, what did your Vulcan ears hear?
1: The fact that literally no one said anything to acknowledge that Neville's costume was falling apart. I just (laughs) thought that was really weird because there's this giant hole on his butt. And yeah, there's something under it, but like there's a scrap of fabric hanging off because it broke so hard. I know that in theater, you would never really acknowledge costume flubs unless you were going to improv your way into fixing it Mm -hmm. or improv some way to explain it. But I just thought with sports entertainment, it might be different because like if something happened like this in a football game or whatever, I think people would say something. I don't think they would just go like, well, that's not happening.
0: But, you know, wrestling is closer to theater than it is to sports. I mean, you know, I think uh, it's someday I'll show you the uh, the match where CM Punk shit himself in the ring and nobody was allowed to mention that either. So.
1: My dream, and this is a weird dream, but my dream would be to be so beloved that I could shit myself in a very public situation and people would still chant my name sometimes.
0: It's a good dream to have. <laughs> That's ambitious, but, you know.
1: Apparently yeah, achievable. I... Miles, what did
0: your ears hear? All right, so let's talk about the Ratchet chant. The crowd is chanting ratchet at Sasha Banks, specifically ratchet, ratchet. And if you don't know what that is, it's like it came about as a mispronunciation of the word wretched. Essentially, you're calling somebody like ugly or more specifically like ghetto, essentially, is what mm-hmm. you're saying. To be clear, there's not a problem with the idea of fans chanting something demeaning at a heel. But that's specifically because it is about being not just like ugly, but like poor Yes. It has racial connotations that are not fantastic. Yeah. Um, I want to grapple with it right now for two reasons. The first reason is that it's going to be a thing.
1: Oh, shit. Really?
0: Yeah. Sasha Banks at one point will have shirts printed up that say, I'm not Ratchet on them. Wow. So it's going to be a thing. However, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, for all we talk some shit about the the full sale crowd for chanting that. Yes. Um. They do correct themselves, and when it becomes clear sometime in the future, I'm not going to tell you how long, but when it becomes clear that Sasha Banks is really, really fucking good, and when she starts developing the sort of fan base you develop when you're a heel, but you're really good at wrestling, Uh and you can't be denied that you're really good at wrestling, the Full Sail crowd shuts that chant down. Anytime anybody starts chanting Sasha's ratchet, the vast majority of the crowd chants, no, she's not. And the chant eventually goes away entirely. OK, so I wanted to prep you for the fact that it is going to be a thing. But I also wanted to make sure you knew that eventually uh, the full sale crowd does do the right thing okay. <laughs> in a way that most crowds never would.
1: This is true. I, I can accept that they learn and grow as a crowd. Although it is frustrating to me that like for her as a black woman, that she has to prove how good she is before they're know, like, we won't
0: be racist. And it's like she has to prove that she's like singularly great before they stop. Yes, I, know. Uh,
1: I mean, look, I think of all the things we can say about periods in time. It does show that we have come somewhere from 2013 and that in 2020, I don't think that would happen.
0: I agree. And to be fair, Sasha does lead into it a little bit. You know, she Good kind of Sasha grabs onto to it like, as a thing that- To yeah. do
1: that and monetize it and go like, mm-hmm. no.
0: Yeah, like it's partially becomes a thing because she makes it into a thing. She takes it and turns it into something. I'm glad for her. Uh, Megan Bob, what did your human heart feel?
1: brutal disappointment that in order for this feud between Neville and Graves to go anywhere that we won't get to see Neville kick Graves ass for a while. But it will be sweet when we do.
0: Indeed. And Miles, what did your human heart feel? So, Bob, I know you skipped over the, the mojo raleigh Suji gicoman thing, and, like, I, I, I know why, because, like, fuck Susan Gicoman. Yes. And I, I don't like what they do, and I don't like that... It was, like, Emma and Paige, and I think Summer was wearing, like, a pink shirt yeah, in honor of susan g coming um which seeing Paige in pink was just bizarre it um, was really weird that said as someone who has gone on the record many times as hating mojo raleigh this kind of made me love mojo raleigh
1: okay i can get that i can get that it was a moment like, he was soft he was the soft boy yeah
0: he tells a story about like i think it's his aunt yes who like who has cancer and like Came to his first, like, college football game and was, like, going crazy and cheering him on and making him feel better. I don't know. It was really sweet. Now I kind of love (laughs) motion.
1: Wow. Wow. I can't believe that you, like, primed me to hate him, which, I mean, to be fair, I was (sighs) going to not like him regardless because there's not a lot to enjoy about this character. And if right. you're watching it currently, boy, is there not a lot to enjoy about this character. Don't, and
0: even, don't even get us started.
1: I just was shocked that you've turned face on me in this regard, Miles.
0: I mean, look, we'll see what happens when I have to watch him wrestle again. But for now, I'm pro moto Rawley. Okay, for this brief shining moment. <laughs> Those were the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. Now it is time for the wrestling term of the week. But first, we need to hear Bob's fanfic explaining last episode's wrestling term of the week, which was... stable. So, Bob, go for it. Well, this
1: isn't what I expected when I challenged you to a fight, Wickham. I thought you'd have the decency <laughs> to leave your stable at home. Darcy pressed yes. his lips in disapproval. Yes. Wickham stood flanked by several of his soldiers. No doubt they had proper names, perhaps even a gimmick of some kind, but Darcy wasn't going to bother himself about knowing any of that. He didn't need to worry about them at all. Not when he had Elizabeth on the outside of the ring in her gear, prepared to take on anyone that interfered. Wickham laughed. Playing fair as for fools, Darcy. I'm sure you would know, being one yourself. Unless you're just toying with Elizabeth, which is all the Bennett girls are good for anyway. (gasps) Oh no! Darcy grit his teeth. A gentleman would never speak so of anyone, let alone a lady. It's a good thing I'm not a gentleman, isn't it? Which is how the ladies and my fans like it! A loud portion of the crowd screamed in delight at Wickham's words. (laughs) Well, I'm very sorry to have to disappoint them by utterly destroying you then, but I didn't come here to make anyone happy except Elizabeth Bennett, and I don't intend to fail in that. Oh, I think I know what would make Elizabeth Bennet happy. Wickham gestured crudely at the crotch of his fall front pants. (laughs) Things moved quite quickly after that. The audience barely followed as the bell rang and Darcy grabbed one of Wickham's arms, pulled it up between Wickham's legs while pushing him away with a foot in disgust. Wickham tapped (laughs) immediately, collapsing in the middle of the ring. Lydia leapt into the ring and ran to his side. Darcy bowed politely and left them to it. The crowd murmured curiously and then screamed in alarm as Lydia did a double foot stomp on the fallen Wickham and spat on him before leaving the arena. Lizzie looked at Darcy. I certainly didn't teach her that. Two spots of color (sighs) appeared high on Darcy's cheeks. Well, yes, that is. I simply... Thank you, Darcy. Lizzie twined her fingers in his. Darcy cleared his throat. throat) Anything for my tag team partner and brushed a kiss over Lizzie's knuckles. Several members of the audience swooned. I wish they wouldn't do that. Darcy murmured. It's not nearly as bad as the time you did that Falls Count Anywhere match and you ended up fighting in that pond. I've never seen so many (laughs) people faint, Lizzie said. Darcy ruffled. Ugh, that was ridiculous. Lizzie grinned at him. I don't know. I quite enjoyed it.
0: Ugh. Pride and Pinfalls makes me so happy, especially this one. When uh, when I was younger and I first was exposed to the story via the BBC miniseries, when I was a teenager, I watched it over and over again after my mom showed it to me. And uh, every time it got to the part where Darcy was hunting down Wickham to make him pay up you know, for the marriage and everything. Yeah. I used to always get really excited at that part. And I used to go up to my mom and be like, Mom, 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 Darcy, you going to kick some Wickham ass.
1: Yeah!
0: So that fanfic spoke to me personally on a very deep level.
1: Yay. And thank you, as always, to David Waters for suggesting the brilliant and beautiful world of Pride and Pinfalls.
0: Yeah, this is all David Waters' idea, and we have taken it and ran with it. So thank you, David. It is now time for the actual wrestling term of the week. Okay. And the wrestling term of the week for this episode is Cornerman.
1: That sounds like it has absolutely been the name of a horror film. (laughs)
0: Cornerman He appears
1: in corners The spookiest (laughs) part
0: of a room Keep to the straight lines (laughs) Don't turn left or right (laughs) Cornerman is not strictly a wrestling term And in fact you don't hear it as often in wrestling As you might in say boxing or MMA Hmm. But it most definitely is a thing in wrestling Even if the specific word isn't always used in WWE, you'll hear the term "cornerman" less than you'll hear that a wrestler is being accompanied to the ring by so and so, or so and so is with them at ringside. But it's functionally the same idea. A cornerman, which for the record, sexist, yeah, is someone who isn't in the match but who is officially supporting someone who is. Traditionally, and by traditionally, I mean Burgess Meredith and Rocky. This takes the form of a coach or mentor, but in wrestling, it can be pretty much anyone, including managers, valets, and other wrestlers. In actual combat sports, corner persons are usually not permitted to speak to or coach their fighters while the fighting is happening. They have to do that between rounds.
1: Mm. In wrestling,
0: of course, there are no rounds. Corner people can say whatever they want and get involved in non-physical ways, such as distracting their chosen wrestler's opponent. They do often get involved physically, of course, but that's a disqualification if the ref sees it. Many combat sports only allow each fighter to have one corner mate, and some wrestling promotions stick to that as well. AEW, for example, generally only allows one corner friend at ringside per wrestler. Corner friends! Others, such as WWE, don't give a fuck and will allow multiple corner buddies to hang out ringside. I'm so here for all of your corner person synonyms. Now, here's the main thing to remember. For purposes of wrestling storytelling, the presence of a corner chum, or multiple corner chums, (laughs) is something that is officially sanctioned by the promotion. In other words... Every time you see a wrestler or manager or whatever accompany another wrestler to the ring and then stay by the ring as the match is happening, you can assume, though it will never be said, that at some point that person filled out a form or signed a contract or... Or did something to assume the role of corner comrade in an official capacity. That means that according to the rules of wrestling, they are allowed to be there. And it also means that the referee has authority over them, meaning they can, at their own discretion, kick the corner confidant out of the match and send them to the back. And the corner companion absolutely has to leave. The prototypical version of the scenario involves one or more heel corner conspirators at ringside for their heel friends match trying to cheat on their behalf and getting caught by the referee and thrown out, resulting in the classic wrestling scene of a referee dramatically pointing in the direction of backstage while the crowd goes wild and the heel at ringside pulls their hair and gnashes their teeth, but must ultimately do what they're told because they are there in their official position of corner daddy. Yeah! That was your wrestling term of the week. Come back for the next episode in which Megan Bob will have a fanfic prepared, explaining corner whatever. Corner Pals Corner Pals Oh I didn't think of that one That's good Well uh It is about time for us to be done with this episode But first before we can do that We must complete the Cheap Pop quiz
1: I like Babe Ruth Am walking to the plate And pointing wherever it was that Babe Ruth pointed that one time (laughs) You may realize that I am not well versed in a sport
0: Oh here we go Question number one. Once again, we have a new member of the announce team on the next episode, but I'm not going to make you guess who it is this time. Instead, tell me which announcer takes some time in the middle of the Page vs. Summer Ray match to tell a random story about how they reconnected with an old girlfriend on Twitter. (sighs) Is it A, Tom Phillips? B, William Regal? C, Alex Riley? D, Byron Saxton, who we've seen as a ring announcer before, but is now doing play by play or E Renee Young. I feel like Alex Riley would do that. C. Alex Riley is your answer. Question number two. Next episode is probably the shortest episode of NXT we've encountered so far, clocking in at just 39 minutes and 24 seconds. Holy shit. And what's more, three and a half of those minutes are inexplicably devoted to the raw rebound, a much more detailed than necessary recap of what's been happening on the main roster. It's all about the authority storyline, which we've covered before, but also gives you a better look at which of the following main roster wrestlers, and also stars of their own reality shows. It's an A. Nikki Bella, co-star of Total Bellas. B. Brie Bella, the other co-star of Total Bellas. C. The Miz, co-star of Miz and Mrs. D. Maurice, the other co-star of Miz and Mrs., or E, The Big Show, star of The Big Show Show?
1: Mm,
0: Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella is featured on the Raw Rebound. All right, and question number three. Moving on to actually relevant things that happen on next week's show, <laughs> which extremely relevant thing happens on next week's show? Is it A, Rusev decides he'd rather hang out with a hot blonde woman than a gregarious Frenchman and his friend the flossing redneck. (laughs) B. Fans throw roses into the ring after an Aiden English performance. C. Sylvester Laforte wrestles a match. D. Luke Harper does a creepy Wyatt Family-style video package without the rest of the Wyatt Family. Or E. All of the above.
1: All of the above. I want it.
0: (laughs) All right. All of the above is your answer. Come back in two weeks for the answers to that edition of the Cheap Pop Quiz. See if Bob got a point. I think that's all we got for this episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Megan Bob, thank you so much, as always, for joining me.
1: Thank you. Always nice to get to watch a new wrestle.
0: Absolutely. And also always nice to get some new signees.
1: (gasps) Yay!
0: To The Next Wrestling Fan Wrestling Promotion. I'm very happy to have these two individuals here. I've been following both their work on The Independence for quite some time, and uh, I'm very excited to, to have them be part of The Next Wrestling Fan Wrestling Promotion. Uh, the first one, a very famous name on the independent scene, Bob. Chris Newton.
1: Oh, my God. I've seen so many of his
0: matches. Yeah, uh, very just quality performer. In our promotion, Chris Newton is coming in as the rules lawyer, Kevin Van Hoos.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Kevin Van Hoos, I think, is uh, is an evil character. He's an evil lawyer. You know, we have Courtney Barrister, attorney at MRAW. Yeah. And uh, and I think that the rules lawyer, Kevin Van Hoos, is her like arch nemesis right Mm. like because courtney barrister is a fucking awesome person like courtney barrister she's a baby face she like fights for truth and justice like when we say attorney at mra like she's a fucking pitbull lawyer type who like doesn't care how dirty the fight gets she's gonna get justice done you know what i mean but kevin van hoose he's the kind of guy that will just like find every fucking loophole and every fucking obscure code (laughs) and use it to just like exploit shit and like get his way and make life miserable for other people. He knows all the intricacies of all the rules of wrestling and he'll just like, shamelessly exploit them in no. order to uh, to get a leg up. So, the two are natural enemies and I very much am looking forward to their big match at NXT wrestling fan wrestling promotion Amania. Um, I
1: cannot wait to see when they have a contract signing for the match and both of them have contracts that are taller than the table. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I want that segment so badly. Also joining us here in the next wrestling fan wrestling promotion is the artist formerly known as Vladimir Duran. Yes. And I say the artist formerly known as Vladimir Duran because that is, in fact, his uh, his gimmick. Oh, uh, he, I love it. He's very much an Aiden English type, you know what I mean? Kind of snobby, artsy type who gets mad yeah. at the crowd when they don't, don't appreciate his artwork. And uh, his ring name in our promotion is going to be Sebastian Kultour.
1: Oh, because like he's it.
0: unlike the crowd. He is cultured.
1: Oh, that's brilliant!
0: In a reference to his uh his independent scene origins as his uh his Duran character, he comes to the ring wearing this like gold shirt, like this bright gold shirt with this white jacket with huge uh shoulder pads on it. Yes. And, like, black bands over the shoulder pads and like black gloves too. Oh, uh, I because, love it! I love it so because much. Because Barbarella. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Sebastian Koltour and to the rules lawyer, Kevin Van Hoos. Welcome to the next wrestling fan, wrestling promotion. Thank you guys so much, Chris Newton and Vladimir Duran, for your support on our Patreon. Really appreciate it, guys. And if you would like your wrestling name and character added to our ever-expanding roster, then all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash nxtwrestlingfan. And of course, uh, you can donate safe in the abject moral knowledge that half of your money will be going to anti-racist causes black queer causes because it's pride goddamn right and i believe it's wrath i believe that's yes i know Uh, we all had a big
1: meeting about it and decided that it's
0: wrath and of course the other half of your money will be going toward feeding uh, me and my son uh, who is now starting to eat solid food oh wow (laughs) Well, I mean, he's starting to play around with it. Like, eat is is a A strong word. But like, he's still, you know, look, he needs he needs that sensory input. He needs to get used to it. Anyway, feeding me is the important thing here. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for your contributions, everybody. We really appreciate everybody who donates on Patreon. And even if you don't, even if you just listen, you support us that way. We appreciate you, too. We love all of you.
1: We appreciate the pants off you.
0: That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, Black Lives Matter. And we will see you in two weeks with a new episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Bye! The Next Wrestling Fan is produced by Miles Schneiderman with logo design by Claire Mulcairin.
1: Special thanks to Rafael Medina for our theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo.
0: Also, thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and Stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at www.incompetech.com.
1: We're on Twitter and Facebook as the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us.
0: You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness.
1: Visit our website at NXTwrestlingfan.com for show notes, episode transcripts, and more.
0: If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan at gmail.com.
1: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. I just like the idea that what if there were different kinds of pretzel and that it was a real, like, thing if you could identify which type of pretzel it was, but it was just food pretzels.
0: Somebody has that record in the Guinness Book.
1: I'm sure they do. Somebody has made a webcomic about it. These are facts about the internet. (laughs) Adrian Neville. I'm just picturing him walking through the Shire and everyone as he walks past is just like, damn! Damn! And like, what the fuck the Shire is like, that that's a thing that happens.
0: (laughs) It's like (laughs) Tina Belcher's version of the Shire. (laughs)